Happy birthday, Joseph Joestar! No warning today, no notes. This message is just to point out our favorite fussy grandpa was born on September 27th, 1920, which means this episode is coming out on his 101st birthday. Nice! Gamers rise up. This is Bizarre Podcast. Dogs must die. My name is Grant. You can call him Chip. And we are back to three episodes at a time. Ha ha ha. Of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. As we rocket to the conclusion of Stardust Crusaders. Today talking about episodes 40 through 42. The instant it's time to actually go into Dio's mansion, it feels like <laughs> everything just gets cranked up real hard, real fast. <laughs> yeah, so where we left off was... The, the whole gang standing at the threshold to the Dio's mansion, not wanting to go in because you know, obviously you're going to get There's sucked up There's bound to walking. be traps. Oh, yeah. Bound to be. And we had this uh, this butler with Marge Simpson's hair uh, greeting us. Yes, you're, you were right. It is definitely a tall green beehive uh, held in <laughs> place by a headband. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this butler introduces himself by throwing a playing card at everybody, introducing himself as Darby. He is the, the younger brother of Darby, Terrence Darby. Yes, uh, I, I should say that this that episode 40 is titled Darby the Player Part 1. So this is Darby the Player. I guess he cheats on uh, the other Darby sister-in-law. I, I don't know. <laughs> He's got earrings that say TD as in his name. In Japanese, I th- he's more frequently referred to, referred to as Darby Younger. <laughs> Which does come up a few times, not often, but a few times in the, the English as, as well. Okay. Polnareff greets him by saying, I don't know who you are, but you're definitely not normal. <laughs> yeah. Which is something he says to flying butlers and his own reflection. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Younger Darby has kind of like the inverse of his brother's weird, like, platinum sideburns. It goes down the center of his face now, like his yeah, forehead and his forehead, nose. forehead, nose, chin. Yeah. Yeah. But he also has a heart motif. He's got yeah. a, a big uh, heart on his chest, his shoulders. So es- essentially, introductions are being made. That's the whole first scene. We're being very polite, as butlers are, are meant to do, I suppose. And they're all like, hey, we killed your brother. What do you think about that? And he <laughs> does not care. Yeah, he gives no shits. <laughs> like, he, he stresses, it's just like, well... I mean, he is my brother, so there is some sort of, like, respect I have for him to an extent. But also, I'm not him, so who cares? Yeah, like, both Darbys share this real winner-take-all sort of mm-hmm. thing. Like, a, a sort of might-makes-right outlook. And one benefit of that is vengeance is obsolete. Like, why should I give a fuck? <laughs> yeah. So instead, he talks about his relationship with his brother. It turns out there wasn't much of one. They're 10 years apart. He's, he's talking about the effects of this generation gap. And there is horrible, horrible panning and cutting. Yes! It's so distracting that I thought they were, like, setting up something or yes. hoped they were setting up something to pay off later. Uh, but they don't. It just sucks. Yeah, I, rem- I completely forgot about this until I was watching it last night. So yeah, it's panning far away shot of everybody just standing at the at the front of the mansion 
panning to the left. And it just loops with this hard cut for no reason. Yeah, panning to the left. And like the way it teleports back to the right and pans in the other direction kept making me think that they were like reflecting, like mirroring the shot. So I like went back to see like, oh, does everybody flip what side they're on? It's like, no, no, (laughs) they don't. Because it really feels like it's meant to be like, ooh, there's some weird like reality bending thing happening or something. Considering the fact that the hallway that Darby is in right now, it stretches on for infinity. Like mm-hmm, I thought they mm-hmm. were doing something with that, and it's like no, it's no, just no, like a really bad animation saving thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just moving the camera to create visual interest on a still image, and then uh, scene keeps going. Do it again. Yeah, ugh, it feels bad. It feels very, very bad, and disorienting. So another difference uh, uh, between the the two Darbies is that deception is for old fogies. Being yeah. ten years younger, this Darby is all about honesty, forthrightness, and uh, that's why Dio and uh, in, in him roll deep. You know, Dio is down with the Pepsi generation. <laughs> uh, this is where everyone gets super fed up with Darby's. You know, we don't have fucking time for another long ass thing like we had with the first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. first Darby. J- Jojo pulls out Star Platinum, is going to get ready for a punch, and younger Darby starts betting. He starts doing little stupid bets like, I bet you're going to punch me with your left fist. And so Jojo goes like, that's fucking dumb. I'm going to punch you with my right fist. And as he d- does that, despite Star Platinum being super fast, uh, Darby and his stand, which has just now popped out, both just like mm-hmm. super easily dodge the punch as if they knew ahead of time which fist he's going to lead with. The stand is named Atum. He looks very much like uh, uh, stands from future parts. Yes. Like- Humanoid robot. You talked about it with our, our fake genie, but I think this is where the sort of template for mm-hmm. stand aesthetics really comes in, comes uh, 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 fully realized. Yeah, th- this is a humanoid robot type guy. He also has a heart motif. Uh, his mm-hmm. pecs are just big old hearts. His hips got hearts. His wrists got hearts. He has a TD instead of a mouth, uh, yeah. so you know who he belongs to, I guess. He's got like weird gas mask pipes leading from the sides of his face into his neck. He looks vaguely like based on Frieza, almost. And his ears are vents that shoot steam sometimes, and I think that's <laughs> yeah. very cute. Yeah. Jojo completely whiffs this punch, and as that happens, uh, Darby's stand grabs star platinum's arm and then just a big old void just opens up on on the floor and Mm -hmm. uh darby just brings jojo along with him into this this void kakuin and joseph both try to use their stands to like grab onto jojo and and save him but they all just get pulled down into the void and as they're just descending into whatever this black hole is joseph is just screaming to avdol and Polnareff and Iggy like, hey, if we're not back in 10 minutes, just set the whole mansion on fire. Bye. (laughs) Set it on fire. Which is a good plan. Why did you even come inside? Just set the mansion on fire. Yeah. It's not like it killed Dio before, but uh, uh, it would at least flush him out. Yeah, totally. If you could just get him out. Like, it's still daytime right now. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bing, bada, boom. So while we transition scenes, uh, uh, let's go back and talk about Atum, the Egyptian god for which Atum is named. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a, a creator god of a sort, considered the first thing, and he will be the last thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he created the world by, by uh, spitting, or maybe by bearing children with his shadow, mm-hmm. or maybe just jerking it. 
Depending All on right. which uh, uh, <laughs> legends you read, <laughs> the the very first people were either his tears or his semen. All right. <laughs> it, it, I think it's always fun when there's like some sort of creation myth or something for for whatever god and sometimes it's just as simple as like i cranked it into the ocean and some guys came out of it i don't know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so, so yes he started the world and his job will be to end it okay i don't think that one super lines up with what the stand does but also we were running out of egyptian yeah gods. it's kind of running out <laughs> yeah <laughs> As uh, our, our party gets split, the three that got pulled down find themselves in sort of a, a tropical island getaway mm-hmm. with like a bright pink sky and a, a sandy beach and, and this idyllic tiny island coming out of, of the sea. And it seems pretty nice. Yeah. The color palette is lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's marveling at how real this feels because they all think this must be some sort of illusion. Darby's offering them uh, liquor that he super duper promises is not poisoned and is actually mm-hmm. real. I like because like this is obviously going to be like more of Darby's gimmick mm-hmm. like already that everyone is just like, w- we really do not have time for this. So everyone's just immediately going like, we're all going to punch you at the same time. One, <laughs> two... How about before we all punch you at the same time, you just tell us all the info we need to know. Are we in the mansion? Where's Dio? How many stand users are there? Who's making the illusion? Like they just, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. down to business right away. This episode is entirely down to business. It doesn't even have the OP. Like we are past yeah. that point. The the credits that would be in it have just been coming up uh, on the bottom, superimposed on all this action. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of this the next many episodes of just they can't get the normal credits or the OP in because they got a lot to cover. <laughs> you know, Joseph asking all these questions to Darby, uh, he brings up that uh, Speedwagon Intel says that there's another two or three stand users within the mansion itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've always wondered, like, you know, because you were talking about, yeah, just set the mansion on fire and flush Dio out. Yeah. Like, Speedwagon Foundation has a lot of resources. Couldn't we just, like, mortar <laughs> Dio's mansion once you find it? Can't well, we just carpet? They just found I it. I guess they just found it, and there is a severe time limit with Holly, sure. But I just keep imagining, like, just on a real sunny day at noon, just fucking carpet bomb that, <laughs> that mansion. I don't know. <laughs> I guess Pet Shop would just just annihilate planes or whatever, but... Whatever. Yeah, yes. They, they have uh, anti-air defenses, or at least they <laughs> did until like half an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, while all I'm imagining is Dio, who, as we know, is all about the aesthetic, hanging yeah. out on this idyllic pink beach and just getting the hottest account on 1987 Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, everyone's just trying to get out of this situation really fast. Mm-hmm. D- Darby is stressing that, hey, I'm not going to answer any of your questions and I'm super duper going to make you fight me. <laughs> There's yeah, nothing, yeah. but not being nearly as an antagonistic as older Darby. Like he he keeps up the whole like butler, like very polite butler stick. Although in the end, it is exactly the same because he <laughs> yeah. wants to play you in a game, uh-huh. and if your soul admits defeat, his stand has the ability to to remove your soul. Yep. And put it into part of his collection. However, the difference is he doesn't collect mere, mere coins or chips or anything so so uh, passe. He collects creepy dolls. <laughs> yeah. He, he makes creepy dolls that he puts the souls into. And 
the dolls are animated in a completely different style and they really stick out and it's great yes it's really good they, they are uh, uh essentially still images manipulated and warped yeah they're ba- they're basically just using like the puppet tool and after effects so they're they're tweened so they animate in every single frame as opposed to on twos or threes like a normal anime mm-hmm. they're drawn a different style it's great i love it it's it's fantastic it's incredible and all the puppets are all the dolls are like alive like the souls in them can barely communicate so all these puppets are just kind of like shaking and crying and sobbing and shit he shows off some of his favorites there there's a a, a lady one and a, a serial killing doctor that that he's got and then there's one that he shows off that has 10 chin piercings <laughs> and an xbox 360 controller <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he that that doll specifically is a gaming expert. He defeated with that has an IQ of one ninety. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I checked the panel for that, and yeah, he is obviously not holding a three anything remotely like that controller in the original. <laughs> I always thought that was funny that he was holding a, like a three sixty controller, considering that the rest of the video game paraphernalia, paraphernalia you see in in this is more of the t- the era. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he Darby wants to play and, you know, we're going to bet our souls, all that stuff again. He's already got one reason why everyone just can't straight up attack them. And that is yes. when he touched uh, Jotaro's arm, he detached his Stan's hand. And now uh-huh. it is fused with Jojo's arm, like underneath yes. the skin. So he has a big hand-shaped skin bulge on his arm. And at any moment, he could just have the hand, like, just snap Jojo's arm in half, basically. I believe he introduces this wrinkle by by uh, exclaiming, but first, listen to what I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Which is basically the subtitle of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> yeah. You could punch me, but aren't you curious? Aren't you? Don't you just want to know? My favorite thing about this is how bad Joseph just wants to punch him. Yeah. Just- Joseph wishes he had a fucking gun. <laughs> yeah. Where's whole horse when you need him? uh uh, but i I don't think we've mentioned it before but not only does uh uh darby younger have a creepy doll collection Mm -hmm. he's a gamer and so yeah yeah, i'm with joseph on this one just shoot him just kill him dead (laughs) so we're basically going to do the same thing we did with the first darby but this time instead of card games and gambling it is going to be making stupid bets on video games yeah, yeah, Iraqi invented esports. Here we go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Around the time this part of the manga came out, I believe the Super Nintendo had just come out. Yes, yes, it did. I checked for reasons that will become clear. Yeah, going through all the reasons why they can't just punch him right away, and it's you know it's the it's essentially the same thing as Darby is. Uh, you know, one, I'm my stand could just blow up JoJo's arm at any second now, and also, hey, if I steal any of your souls and you try to kill me, those souls just go away forever, just like with the other Darby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's time to to choose our opponent who will choose the game. Darby wants to fight Kakuin. Big mistake. Kakuin is obviously a huge gamer. Just look at him. <laughs> yeah. The milf loving gamer gamer. Oh my god, if Kakuin had a gamer tag, it would be just like milf lover 420 or something, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey. yeah he's the only guy on xbox live to call me slurs but in sanskrit or some shit <laughs> <laughs> cocky is the dude wearing the headset in the in the 360 era 
uh, era where he's not doing your mom jokes, but just asking people, how hot is your mom? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, it's time for Kakuin to, to pick his poison. I'm like, come on, Dr. Mario, Dr. Mario. Come oh, my God. Do it. Uh, but but we see <laughs> the spread of games like the, yeah. these are obviously Famicom cartridges. Yeah. At least that that is their design. Although the titles that we see include, oh, that's a baseball. <laughs> yes, I've been With waiting two for two exclamation points. I've been waiting for so long to finally get to, oh, that's a baseball. Pac Landy two. Yeah, which you can see the 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 fake Pac Man. It just looks like Pac Man drawn in the Oingo Boingo style, kinda. Yeah. And F Mega. Yes, yeah, F Mega. And so as Kakuin peruses these selections, he says, hey, hey, don't worry, I've got this, quote, I've probably played more video games than anyone else here. I knew it. I fucking knew it. Hell yes, he has. But really, I think he just feels left out of the last Soul game because nobody told him he was a wager. God, yeah, I was thinking about this when watching this last night, that like, Kakuin has barely, you know, rejoined the group, and it's been a real busy time since then, so he probably has not yet learned that Jojo fucking bet his soul when he was in the fucking hospital. <laughs> but yeah, he, you know, he's itching for a turn. He mm-hmm. just got back. Let's go. First fight, really, is a Kakuin fight after he rejoins, so so there you go. Uh, and so now it's time for serious gamer hours, <laughs> so he takes off his cool speed wagon glasses. <laughs> Joseph is like the 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 ref for for this video game esport yes. battle he's yes. using he's using hermit purple and like hamon to send send his stand into the the carts and the controllers and the game's console itself to check if they've been rigged and he can determine they are all clean the controllers we have to talk about these controllers oh, because yeah. the i mean it's d-pad and four buttons very very classic but it looks like a whole ass boomerang the <laughs> handles that extend diagonally from the two halves of the controller are so long <laughs> it looks like one of those really shitty third party controllers you buy that you give to your shitty little brother or something mm-hmm. so yeah i just noticed looking at it that they actually have shoulder buttons too but there's two on each end of the controller <laughs> Araki can see the future. He knows what's coming. Yeah, but they're they're just you know they're not, not not like stacked on top of each other. They just go along the length of each side of the controllers. They look really <laughs> fucking hard to reach. The buttons and D pad are at the very ends of each end of the boomerang, and then there's a start and select button all the way up in the fucking middle of this boomerang. It, it's <laughs> it's it's like yeah, basically imagine like the original PS3 boomerang controller, but instead of it being curved, it just, it's just straight. It's really angular. Mm-hmm, uh, it mm-hmm. looks like a nightmare to hold. <laughs> They get ready to begin. They they take their places as as Atum and Hierophant Green become gamer chairs. Yes, yeah. They both kind of look like gamer chairs, and now the destiny is fulfilled. Yeah, and this is from here on out because we're going to be just watching a lot of the actual video game. We're going to get a lot of CG in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. So I very heavily associate this part of the fight with disney world because i was reading this part in the manga for the first time as i was going to fucking disney world (laughs) uh so that's that's fun every time i watch this part everyone's they're picking their cars yes because they picked f mega f mega is very clearly an Mm f-zero uh inspired thing although the cars are more 
traditional, not flying open wheeled racers like an F1 car, like an Indy car. Yeah, with spikes on the on the hubcaps. So yeah, they're they're picking their different cars. Kakuin picks a green one. Uh, Darby's picking uh, car number fifteen because that's that's his birthday. Mm-hmm. January fifth, so one five. And so yeah, it's t- it's just time to start playing F zero. Treating regular competitions the way you would treat a stand fight is is very funny. Yes, but for it to be video games yes. just slays me. <laughs> I love th- this whole fight because. They went really hard in like just the presentation of them playing this video games because it, it feels like one of the most intense stand fights we've seen so far, and it's just them yes. playing F Zero. Just, just <laughs> like the, the music, the the way the music is timed, the 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 way how hard the music goes, and 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 like when a big ass orchestra kicks in when somebody does something cool in the video game. They're playing F F. Mega. Yeah. Uh, not to be confused with F-Zero, the, the tie-in game for the <laughs> Super Nintendo that in, in Japan that every Japanese Super Nintendo owner would also own. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and it's, it's counting down and we see Darby Stan's fingers, you know, come out and start hitting the buttons instead and, and just jamming on, button mashing, fur- furiously turbo tapping yeah. to build up a turbo boost yeah it, it's just you know the thing you see in racing a lot of racing games where if you start hitting accelerate at a certain point in the countdown you get a boost ray at the start and kakuin's like oh man it's too late i've already lost because i'm not charging a turbo boost already <laughs> yeah i thought you were good at this game buddy yeah what the so yeah darby starts off with a boost he's like a full car length ahead Although there is a shot where they're neck and neck, <laughs> neck immediately after the turbo boost. Yeah. It's a quick one, but like... Mm. Yeah. Every time Kakuin is trying to go around Darby and, and try to gain the lead, uh, Darby just steers in front of him, just blocking him so he can never never pass him. Everyone's stand is a turbo controller for this fight. Uh, yeah, and yeah. so like, okay, well, Kakuin can't pass, so he decides to pull out one of his secret gamer moves that he knows. And... <laughs> Fucking, he does a cool pose with the controller, and and Hierophant Green comes out and with it with its index finger starts doing circles on the D pad hyper fast, which causes which causes his car to do like the spit attack move from later F zeros. It's not in the first F zero. He invents it doing yeah. manual inputs. Yeah, and so he does this cool spin move and attacks uh darby's car with it and it causes it it does damage to his vehicle it they both spin out and it kind of just resets the race so they both have to start from from zero again Mm -hmm. so they're they're neck and neck and this whole thing is just playing a video game with commentary occasionally from either the players or mostly the players because jojo doesn't really talk much and joseph doesn't know shit about this game joseph is very hyped whenever kakumin is doing good though. absolutely he, he's absolutely. a great cheerleader uh should mention this also just straight up has the power like health bar mechanic from f-zero in it mm-hmm. so like because kakumin had did that big slam move he's lost some some power they update the hud and everything now the way to defeat Darby is you trick him into supporting the Hong Kong protests. <laughs> and then he's eliminated from competition. Yep, yeah, can't have that. Don't do that, Darby. <laughs> yeah, Joseph's really excited because like 
they're neck and neck. It looked Kakuin just did that cool move. That's pretty hype. Uh, uh, thanks for subbing, Joseph. But, but Jotaro comes in and goes like, oh, you know, this, this the setup right now isn't as good as it looks because they're coming up on the first turn and Kakuin is on the outside of that turn. And, you know, he, he's going full speed. It's going to be real hard to make that turn on the outside. They they start turning at full speed and his car's j- staying on the track just barely, like on two wheels. <laughs> Around this time, we see the creepy doll that Darby has already made for Kakuin's soul in advance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A doll that could only be made by a hater. Like, this is... This- it's not a flattering. This is a slanderous doll. Yeah, how dare you do this about my milf-loving boy? <laughs> <laughs> it's got tiny beady eyes, and its its mouth is all wrinkled and shriveled. It's fucked up. Don't slander my boy like this. So yeah, as Kakuin is playing this video game, you know Darby commends Kakuin for for conquering his fears and being able to stay cool while playing this dangerous video game. Which triggers the sort of flashback that tells me he's about to die forever. <laughs> it is that kind of flashback. Yeah, he, he's thinking about, you know, oh, I've conquered my fears, huh? You know, I haven't always been this way. And he, you know, get a flashback to six months ago when he first meets Dio and he gets brainwashed by him by, by getting the flesh bud in him and stuff. And it, it's very similar to, you know, the, the situation that Avdol barely escaped, where Dio's just being very charming, whispering sweet nothings into Kakuin's ear mm-hmm, and all mm-hmm. this shit. It's a really cool looking scene because there's this big fucking red ass moon right behind Dio and stuff. It looks cool. Yeah, yeah. He has Pet Shop with him, too. Yeah. He's got a friend. Pet Shop made, like, a little bird perch out of ice in the background. Kakuin's great shame that he's finally moved past is is the fear that allowed him to be conquered by Dio because Dio inspired terror and then comforted him, uh, uh, which is, like, the sort of emotional betrayal of his true self that allowed the flesh bud to, to take root and make him a minion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so now he's stronger. He's developed past that, and he's gonna race really good. <laughs> yeah. I just I just love the transition from him thinking about the, the, this stuff, and then it just goes back to him like scowling at this screen. <laughs> this, this fucking F Zero game he's playing. This whole flashback kind of feels like saying, "Yeah, that bit of the the narration last week." I know that felt kind of out of place. Here's where I was coming from with that. Yeah, yeah. Let's sort of backfill that. That that's where that was. Like, oh, okay. Now now it works. Now I get it. Okay. Yeah. It came in later than you know it optimally should, but it's there and it it works. What sort of gamer do we think uh, uh, everyone in the crew is? Kakuin obviously had him pegged as as exactly the kind of gamer he is. Mm -hmm. I want to say Joseph is the the sort of person that kept them from calling it Puckman in the U.S. He would be (laughs) vandalizing those machines. (laughs) Yeah. Jotaro only plays Mahjong video games. (laughs) I was going to say Avdol is a huge Tetris head. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's actually a Tetris master. He can do the whole uh, invisible Tetris thing. Like, he's good at that. <laughs> Polnareff plays exclusively hentai dating novels. Polnareff wants to rescue the tiny men that live inside the box? <laughs> yeah. Polnareff is the number one guy all those fucking fake mobile game ads where you have to pull the pins <laughs> to save the guy or get the treasure. That's Polnareff downloads every single free mobile app he sees. <laughs> <laughs> Polnareff lost his entire life savings to Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. Joseph also seems like a dude who would be into gotcha stuff. He just seems oh, like oh, a guy yeah. who likes to collect things. 100%. So. Yeah. J- Joseph plays a gotcha game made for old guys that's like from a really old manga series that nobody but old guys like remembers anymore or something. But yeah. I just can't imagine Jotaro playing many video games except for like occasionally Mahjong or like one of the most popular get- releases that comes out every, every year. He's the, he's the Call of Duty and Madden guy. I can also see Kakuin getting real into like hardcore dating sims mm. that require you to keep like a huge spreadsheet <laughs> in order to find the optimal path. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, Kakuin's a min maxer. He doesn't. <laughs> he goes in with a strategy guide for his first playthrough. He doesn't want to miss anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has <laughs> caught them all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Kakuin has three Game Boys <laughs> to, to trade between. Yeah. Uh, so, so back to the race. There, there's yet another obstacle that uh, uh, we must face. There's a tunnel coming up that is only one car wide. Yeah. And it is vitally important because at the end of this tunnel is a speed boost. So you, you got to get to that first to, to maximize your lead. In a normal race, it might not be entirely vital. But for mm-hmm. these two absolute pixel perfect players, uh, it, it's going to make all the difference. So yeah, they're they're going in. They're both neck and neck, and so they're both going to crash if it, if it keeps up like this. You know, and Kaku is trying to push uh, Darby aside, but because he did that cool spin move earlier, he lost some of his power, and so now he has less pushing power than Darby does. So Darby's able to easily push him out of the way and get the lead into the tunnel. And it looks like Kaku is about to crash, but Kaku, the good gamer boy, pulls out another cool move. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Joseph goes wild again? Yeah. Because he has gone up. Did you know that Men in Black was inspired by JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? <laughs> yeah. Because Kakuin's car is driving on the roof of the tunnel. Yeah, he does like a quick like left, right, left on the D-pad, goes up on two wheels and starts just driving on the fucking wall and ceiling. Which is a thing that would technically be possible in a Formula One racer. Mm-hmm. See, the, the wings, uh, uh, the, the spoilers in front and rear are there to create downforce to increase uh, uh, traction on the mm. wheels, right? Right. And they create more downforce than the, the car weighs. So mm. if you were up to proper speed and had the right sort of corkscrew ramp to get upside oh, down, man. those wings would instead be creating a lift that forces the car onto an upside down road. Whoa. I want to see that happen. Yeah, yeah. I want to see the guy dressed as a uh, guy dressed as Kakuin while he does that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to get a suitably buff 16-year-old. So this tunnel, of course, is not going to be the last of our many, many obstacles, because now that we're in the tunnel, we get to describe the most bizarre and heinous difficulty spike Dude, I've ever heard of. This racetrack, this part of the racetrack is fucking bullshit. <laughs> some like quarter munching bullshit design yeah this this tunnel is pitch fucking black you can't see your cars while you're racing in this portion of the racetrack and on top of being pitch black there is a single landmine planted somewhere in the tunnel and at a certain point there is a cannon that appears and shoots and fires shots at you still somehow less bullshit than mighty bomb jack a real video game (laughs) yeah Oh man! So so that's our cliffhanger. The two of them are are racing by memory, uh, uh in this absolute pitch black invisible tunnel. Yeah. God. <laughs> As we move on to episode forty one, Darby the Player Part Two. Mm-hmm. 
So, so before we get back into it, now I think it's a good time to mention that Young Darby's English voice is the current Smash Brothers announcer. What? Yes. Oh my god, I did not know that. That rules. He's the perfect gamer stand fight. Oh my god. I'm gonna, I'm switching to English real quick to hear how this guy sounds. Does, can I hear the Smash announcer? The Japanese VA, uh, nothing quite so uh, appropriate, though he was sung in Final Fantasy VII. Wow, yeah, that does sound a little bit like the Smash announcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that rules. Yeah, they're they're in the tunnel. The cannon attack happens. They they're both out loud counting down three, two, one to the cannon appearing and firing its shot, and they both dodge it. And the man, this game console has some really good graphics for the time. It's got real time <laughs> dynamic lighting because the cannon shot uh-huh, as it uh-huh. passes down the tunnel briefly illuminates everything, so you can see where the cars are. Like, yeah, this isn't a racing game. It is a, a full physics simulator. Yeah, that just happens to have cars in it. Mm-hmm. You know, you see both cars briefly, and then they they shoot out of the tunnel. They're they're airborne. Darby is a full car length ahead. And oh shit, that sucks. You know, he's got the the double speed boost. He's there's no way to catch up now. Except it's the perfect moment for uh, Kakuin's secret move. He again manually executes a spin tap, a, sp- a spin attack. Yeah, and he he smashes into Darby, who has less less power than Kakuin right now because he was desperately bumping into Kakuin in the tunnel trying to just get him even slightly behind him. Mm-hmm. And so he just launches Darby's car off the track. Seemingly into oblivion. Yeah. And like we're getting like the really cool like the heroes are do doing something badass music that played like during like like the fucking hangman fight near the end. Like it's mm-hmm. that track. So it really feels like Kakuin's, you know, doing good. But unfortunately Darby knows about the Rainbow Road skip. <laughs> That's what this is. <laughs> he purposefully lost power so that Kakiwin would pull off the spin attack move and, and hit him. But he got hit in a way where he's basically catapulting Darby's car across the track down to a lower, lower portion. It's a big track skip. He, he goes from one length ahead to half the track ahead Yeah, uh, uh, in this race. He says, quote... In your hubris, you didn't realize I planned for you to knock my car off course, (laughs) which is something a JoJo parody would say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Darby is just way ahead. Kakiwin is trying to to race and catch up, but he's been too shaken by this. And just like with the the previous Darby fight, even though he's still trying to race, his soul has has admitted defeat. And so his soul just shoots out of his body. And gets grabbed by the neck yeah. by, by uh, Darby's stand and shoved into this evil fuck puppet. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying the puppet is an evil fuck. I'm not saying that it is a fuck puppet. Okay. So, yeah, Kakuin's body has just gone limp. Sucks that the first fight Kakuin comes back to, he gets fucking owned. But at least he did a couple, <laughs> at least he put in the Konami code a couple times. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so Darby again that it would feel like it, it would feel cheap and uh, if they didn't acknowledge it by making the stand user a second Darby, the brother of Darby. Yeah, it feels very much like mm, that was a really good one. That was a fun one. What if I? Oh, but I got some notes. Uh, yeah, yeah. What if instead of a cheater, he was just that good at the games? Yeah. Uh, uh, Darby is once again reiterating, like, hey, don't fucking punch me. All these souls would just perish along with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
you know, time to play some more video games to try and win back Kakiwin's soul. Jojo uh, volunteers. It's his turn to, to come up, which Joseph does not support. He says, quote, we should be kicking Geppetto's ass. Yeah. <laughs> that is a dub only line. So that's another reason you should. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good line. It's so good. So yeah, as, as Jojo sits down, Joseph's like, you know, Jojo, Jotaro, have you even played any of these games? And we, it, the camera pans over the stack of Famicom cards again, and we see one other new game here that is called Zed Zess? Zed Spelled with X's? Yeah. It looks like it's probably some kind of shmup. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like the name of an Atari shmup, actually. <laughs> It looks like it'd probably be one of those top-down schmuffs and not like a Gradius or anything like that. It might be more like a Xevious or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Joseph's really worried about this and JoJo's just telling him like, hey, fucking let me handle this. We're not playing cars or Hanafuda or any old man shit. I'm picking, oh, that's a baseball. <laughs> yep, it's time for, oh, that's a baseball. <laughs> Take me out to, that's a baseball. So as as they agree on the game, Darby goes, okay, you know, so that you could play the game and, you know, I'll be all honorable and shit. I will remove my Stan's hand from your arm. Yeah, you could have just asked him to let go. That's how against cheating he is. Cheating is his brother's thing. Yeah. We should mention Kakuin's doll is not inside the doll cabinet. No. Instead, sitting on a little shelf next to, like in front of, so he gets to watch. Yeah. (laughs) And so they they plug in the, oh, that's a baseball cart. And we get to see the title screen. And this is a delight to watch either with the Japanese or English dub because you get to hear the video game announcer go, oh, that's a baseball. Or, (laughs) you know, in the Japanese one, it's, you know, it's a little more mangled than that. Uh, and they're both very fun to hear. Oh, that's a baseball! <laughs> Again, Joseph suggests literally just killing him right here <laughs> and saying Kakui knew what he was getting into. Yeah. Like, he's very literally not here to play games. <laughs> yeah. I love the, oh, that's a baseball part, because we get to see so many different bits of, like, fake video game menus, which I'm always very yeah. entertained by. They're selecting so first their... you have to select your that's a baseball team. We have the Jaguars, the Firefoxes, the Bears Tears, <laughs> or Bears Tears? Bears Tears. By the way, the, the little mascot for Bears Tears looks like it's fucking Stimpy. Stimpy. It's just it's... Stimpy. Corinne Stimpy. Like... <laughs> oh, the Red Dragons, the Snow Falcons, and the Gray Cats, whose logo is Cats from the Broadway show Cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also like the little hand icons for picking that's like pointing at each thing kind of look like the hands from smash brothers because mm-hmm. the <laughs> amount of fingers they're sticking out is related to what number player you are or whatever. i don't know i wish i knew more about uh the japanese uh, uh baseball leagues yeah to say whether these teams are based on anything because they sure aren't based on mlb squads <laughs> yeah Darby picks the Jaguars, which in the Japanese... Jojo picks the Jaguars. Oh, right. Jojo picks the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, And Darby goes with Red Dragons. And in the Japanese dub, oh, man, when the announcer, when when Jojo picks Jaguars, the announcer goes, Jaggers! (laughs) (laughs) Jaggers! That's really good. But this means that Jojo is up to bat first. I guess he's the away team in, in this match. This game... In, in a story written in, like, I think we're in 1991 now. Yeah. Uh, set in, I think we're still in 1987. Mm-hmm. Has not only a create a player function. Yes. But a tablet controller so you can just 
MS Paint create your player. Yeah, Darby goes and draws the faces of both teams' players, so he just draws his and JoJo's stands. And so now, we during the whole baseball game, all the players are either just Star Platinum or Atum. There's no, like, unlimited memory. You only get to create one player, and that's your entire team. So there is some... <laughs> Yeah, there, there, there is some motion made toward like the the memory cap, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I do appreciate, though, that even though this is a pretty wild feature to have for a game of this time, the stylus is a really old ass looking stylus that's connected with a big ass cord and everything. Like, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. So as we get down to our night game in Lucky Land Stadium, uh, uh, <laughs> there's a giant Lucky Land flag above it. Uh, we, we get one last bit of, of uh, uh, rules clarification. Apparently, there is an 11-run mercy rule. If anyone yeah. gets ahead by 11 runs, that is an instant win. Mm-hmm. Will this come into play? No. <laughs> I, yeah. Spoilers, it does not happen. That's not how this ends. Yeah. Again, Darby is going picking his pitcher based on his birthday, so he picks number 15. You know, it's the, the first pitch of the game. Darby pitches as his stand is winding up to throw the throw the pitch star platinum just immediately swings the bat way too early (laughs) but before the balls even left his hand joseph has probably never touched a video game controller in his life he knows that this is not how you do it he's very (laughs) upset at his grandbaby yeah uh before even the next pitch is thrown like jojo is just not rapidly but just very methodically just pressing the a button over and over and over again just making star platinum just swing which is a thing I would do all the time when playing baseball for NES. <laughs> yeah. I just like to swing the bat. Yeah, man. Also, when I was pitching, mm-hmm. I would try to pick off batters that weren't on base and just like <laughs> throw the ball around the infield, do a little infield catch practice just to see how frustrated I could make the imaginary uh. little men on the other team. <laughs> My dad would do a similar thing when we would play double dribble together. He would just endlessly just pass <laughs> back and forth. And me being like five, I could just could not fucking get, get, grab the basketball. Man, they should have played a fake double dribble. That game was good. Hell yes. So yeah, JoJo's just swinging the bat over and over and over, just trying to get the hang of the timing of the swing. He just tells Joseph, like, I know how to play baseball. I'll figure out the controls as I go. And Joseph just, like, loses his shit. Like, you don't even (laughs) fucking know how to play video games. Your swing sucks. Your timing's awful. On the second pitch, he swings after the ball has already hit the catcher's mitt. (laughs) Yeah. He gets two strikeouts in six pitches. Like... He is not doing so great. But then, then on the eighth pitch, mm-hmm. he said, uh, but before the, after the seventh pitch, before the eighth one comes, he says, yeah, I think I got this figured out now. Yeah. And that really <laughs> freaks Darby out. Just like, what the fuck did you say? <laughs> it, it shakes him to his core. He's sweating <laughs> immediately. I am similarly shook because now our, our boy has grown to be a gamer. We've lost him forever. <laughs> yeah. This is a dark path he's going down now. <laughs> yeah, because th- this whole time, Darby's been asking Jotaro, like, hey, are you just pretending to suck to freak me out? Are you going to, like, suddenly become, like, u- like ultra gamer any second now? But, like, no, Jotaro just doesn't know how to play video games. He's learning on the fly. <laughs> but now he does. So, yeah. oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. When, when do we get Darby's flashback? <laughs> <laughs> right. He has one. Is that now or am I skipping ahead? Oh, 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 that's right. No, I think that's a little bit later. Okay. 
Yeah, it, it's, you know, there's only one more out before they, they switch. The pitch comes in and JoJo fucking, he just nails it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This game, as it goes on, there, there are two results for every uh, uh, at-bat. Strikeout or home run. Yeah. That's it. That is a totally binary baseball game. Oh, excuse me. Th- this is how the timing goes down for this. The, the final pitch comes in. Like, Darby has already hit the, the button to throw the pitch as, as it's just barely leaving the pitcher's hand. That's when JoJo just says, uh, oh, I've basically got the hang of this now. <laughs> and in slow motion, Darby's saying, like, what the fuck did he just say? What, is that? what the fuck does that mean? And yeah, J- JoJo just nails it and gets a home run. You know, Darby just, like, s- stands up out of his chair, just fucking shaken that JoJo's actually... The time it takes for that freakout, this is a minute-long pitch for, for, to go <laughs> yeah. from the mound to the plate. Yeah. JoJo's right. He does have the hang of it now. He racks up uh, four home runs in a row. <laughs> yeah. Whenever a home run happens in this game, fireworks go off, and sometimes those fireworks are happening behind the actual players in real life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Around now, Darby has to like control himself, compose himself. He's got to figure out uh, uh, what's going on and and dedicate himself to victory, mm-hmm. which includes yeah, more talk about his brother. He can't. He doesn't like his brother, but he sure doesn't like talking about anything but his brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, including the memory of uh, when he was 15 and his brother started making moves on his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Hey, 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 Darby, you're 25. What <laughs> That's the fuck? Fucked up. That's fucked up, Darby. Dude. Darby older. <laughs> That's not cool. Yeah. And so uh, younger Darby kicks his brother's ass. Yeah, like breaks his ribs and stuff. <laughs> and and he, he remembers that the last thing his older brother ever said to him was, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the, along with this whole flashback, he's also kind of, he's, he brings up the fact that despite his older brother being this expert gambler who's never lost, he would never even dare play a, a card game with his younger brother. Mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. doesn't say why, but he's hinting that there's a reason why his older brother would just never dare do that with him. Well, the the he answers the rhetorical question of why by telling the story of why he broke his brother's ribs. <laughs> right, right. It's because I'm too fucking tough. Yeah. There might be other reasons, though. There might be other reasons. Mm-hmm. So we, we, get a, uh, we get a classic, now it's serious time, color shift mm-hmm. that puts... That puts Darby in Dio's new colors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the yellows and greens of part three Dio. Yeah. He's he's going to change out his pitcher. Which is terribly embarrassing for, for the starting pitcher. Yeah. To not only be pulled in the first, but for any pitcher to be pulled after 12 pitches. Yeah. But I just want to bring up, when he's switching out his pitcher, you get to see the menu and you get to see the names of these fucking pitchers. And this is oh. basically the same thing as like that NES game that that runs around on Twitter every once in a while that has the really fucked up baseball player names, you know, like Bobson, Dugnut, and shit like that. The pitcher that was currently out, number fifteen, is named Bruce Nipper. Yeah, the other That's four a baseball name. The other four pitchers he can select from is Oil Crown, Jeff Woodward, Wes Whopper, and Joy Sambito. I like Joy Sambito. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. But he doesn't go with 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 Joy Sambito. He picks Jeff Woodward. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Jeff Woodward, and I'm running for city council. <laughs> Along with that 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 swapping out the pitcher, he's also just telling JoJo what pitch he's going to throw ahead of time. 
Uh, so he announces that his next ball is going to be a fork ball, which is, despite how it might sound, a real pitch. <laughs> yeah. A fork ball is is like a, a split-fingered fastball, so it's in the fastball family. Mm-hmm. The the grip is different in that you sort of bury the the ball between your first two fingers really mm. deep in there. Okay. So I guess that's where it comes from the name. You're, you're really forking your fingers. Okay. And then uh, there, there's an extra wrist snap that makes it very damaging to the pitcher's shoulder. Oh, shit. The, the fork ball is kind of common in MLB play. It's hmm. really popular in the Japanese leagues. So pretty much any Japanese pitcher has had a special surgery to fix their shoulder oh, after shit. fork balls. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up. Damn. The forbidden technique. So it's uh, on the slow end of a fastball, but it has the vertical drop movement of uh, uh, a certain sort of curveball. Okay. It's called a 12-6 curveball because that's how it moves on a clock face. It's just a vertical drop. Okay. Darby announces his pitch and is just, you know, kind of baiting Jotaro into like trying to believe, is he actually going to throw that or not? So he throws the pitch. It looks like a fastball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Joseph's really freaking out about this pitch. And Jotaro goes in to swing. He go he goes for a swing, thinking it's going to be a fork ball, and it's it doesn't cha- change direction. It's just a fastball. Mm-hmm. So he he just barely bops the bottom of the ball. You know, it goes up high, and it's easily caught. That's three outs. Everyone's going to change. You could have just taken the strike. You didn't have to swing. <laughs> yeah, but Jotaro's very suspicious of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He he thinks that he already knew that he was going to swing for a fork ball even before he threw it. So that's mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. when he decided to switch to a fastball. Much like being able to predict uh, uh, the punch back upstairs. Yep. He's yeah. got some sort of mind reading ability or something like it. Yeah, Jojo's really suspicious and he's trying to figure out what exactly Darby is doing. Like the mechanics behind how he's just able to know this stuff. But now we get to the part of the game where I'm very worried because... However, this game's pitching mechanics work, mm-hmm. they must be much more complex than the batting mechanics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jojo can lose a lot of ground just trying to figure out how how make ball go where I want. Yeah. How do I do that? How, how make ball go? Jotaro has Joseph uh, double check the console and everything to make sure it's not rigged. And, you know, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. it's fine. So it's definitely got to be a stand doing something. It can do something other than just take souls. Uh, so so now it is time for, for JoJo to pitch, Star Platinum to pitch, because, again, all of our, our players are the stands in the game. Uh, and so JoJo has a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. JoJo's strategy is not to, to throw strikes to allow, uh, uh, you know, anyone to get on base or uh, uh, run up the score while he figures out the pitching. Uh, he'll give up a few bases, if that's what it takes, by intentionally hitting the batter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A guaranteed person on base is, in baseball strategy, often considered preferable mm-hmm. to uh, uh, whatever a batter can do if you allow them to swing. L- look at all the intentional walks Barry Bonds was thrown in his career. Yeah. <laughs> this is the same idea, but with <laughs> potential for a broken hip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he aims straight at, at the batter. He throws the pitch, and as he throws it, the the batter just leans back real hard, knows where the pitch is going already, slam, just hits the ball hard, and gets a home run. An impossible move in both real and video game baseball. <laughs> yeah. 
This is like a fighting game move he does. Yeah. <laughs> that that happening confirms to Jotaro that, yeah, there's absolutely some type of mind reading going on. He already knew I was going to try and just beat him. And like the, the blind bluff technique that, that defeated Elder Darby would work on a mind reader in a game that didn't require active inputs. Yeah. You can't win baseball by not pushing the buttons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is another way that this feels like, you know, Darby again, but with notes, right? So yeah, despite whatever pitch JoJo's throwing, Darby is just getting home run after home run. And Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Joseph is starting to sweat. He's really worrying about this. He, He knows, yeah, sure, there are ways normally to tell kind of what somebody might do in a game like this, just based on body language and the environment around them, blah, blah, blah. But he's really freaking out because they've never fought somebody who can just straight up read their minds. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and doesn't know how you even counteract something like that. Can we... Can we talk about uh, Star Platinum's pitching form in, in the windup? Oh, yeah, sure. Specifically, that ass. Right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, Star Platinum has cakes in, in this. He is, there is, bounce a quarter off it, like, damn. <laughs> he, and he's, like, really popping it out, too, when he's yes! throwing his pitch. Yes! Like, <laughs> We usually see him in the loincloth, but you know what? He can make pants work, too. There's got to be at least a couple people out there who saw this in animation and like, went like, whoa, <laughs> this is my new thing now. <laughs> whoa. I mean, if you want to look, if you want a professional sports player with a great butt, you need to get into hockey. I know you can't see it when they're playing, but trust me. <laughs> Yeah, hockey players have to get special pants because they can't buy off the rack because their asses are too huge and muscular. <laughs> this is a real problem professional hockey players have oh, in their day to day life. You get special pants because my ass just keeps ripping right through them. <laughs> yeah, now you know the things are looking real bad, and Jotaro grabs his his hat, takes it off, and puts it on top of the TV. And it, it's kind of blocking Darby's, you know, line of sight to Jojo's face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Joseph's just like, taking your hat off to cover up your face won't help. That's not how Darby's reading your mind or, or however it's, yeah. you know, what's going He's on He's not seeing your screen through the reflection in your eyeballs. That's not <laughs> what this is. Yeah. Which sounds like a ridiculous thing I'm making up, but that is what Joseph says. Yeah, yeah. And Jojo just says, that's not why I did that. I'm just sweating. <laughs> And so we get one of the the rare times we just see Jojo without the hat. So like we've we've been talking about, you know, parallels between the two Darbies, but think of in Duel, there have been two stand users that have killed Kakiween and made Jojo take his hat off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Jojo is now trying to do the Darby thing and he goes like, "You know what? I'm going to tell you my next pitch." Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to throw a high outside fastball. And that's basically the cliffhanger. Jojo is trying to turn the tables, re- reverse the situation as he's doing his detective work, I mm-hmm. guess. As we cut to episode 42, The Miasma of the Void Vanilla Ice Part 1. <laughs> I love the name, the, the title of the, this next set of episodes. Fucking... It's very good. <laughs> Miasma of the Void Vanilla Ice. When I read that, I feel like the Guilty Gear announcer, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking heaven or hell. Vanilla ice. We already had hell. We had That, that was the pet shop title. <laughs> but, right. 
So, so yeah, we are essentially in an episode structure we haven't seen since part two, mm-hmm. which is really going to uh, make itself known after this fight is ended and we just go straight into the, the prelude to the next fight mm-hmm. that may or may not involve someone named uh, uh, Vanilla Ice. Stay tuned. <laughs> we, we are still where we left off. Very near the start, we just get the, the secret of uh, uh, this current stand right out of the gate, basically. Yeah. yeah, this this is not explained to the cast, but just... Uh, but to us, the viewer. Yeah, Darby thinking to himself. But yeah, he pulls out his stand and we see, via his stand's uh, point of view, kind of this weird sort of heat vision filter overlaid on top of JoJo. But instead of, you know, just color shifting like you expect... The world is melting. Yeah. Atum sees the world as a Winamp visualizer. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. There is a shape that is folding in on itself in sort of like metallic uh, uh, blues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like there is a a waterfall of like 2004 cyber aesthetics. (laughs) Yeah. Showering JoJo's face. Yeah, it looks cool. Atum can peer into people's souls via like a thermal imager uh it lets darby read what the person's soul is thinking like so he could just see the truth no matter what regardless of what the person's actually saying but the only thing he can read are answers to yes or no questions yes yes i love i love this power yeah it's It's so good an infallible judgment of binary choice is cool as hell and exactly like that that's jojo's right there that is it we yeah yeah jojo's has begun god damn it this is the real jojo (laughs) (laughs) it should be really shitty at sports though yeah because there's way more than two possibilities like Mm -hmm. what if i intend to do this but I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is, again, why it's used in, like, digital representations of sports. Now now it works. Now it's good again. Mm-hmm. We, we hear Darby just thinking to himself, okay, a high outside fastball, yes or no. And then we see that thermal imaging, like, overlay again. When he answer, asks these yes or no questions, he both hears jojo's soul say yes or no but also in the thermal imaging like overlay the words in big colorful bubble letters yes or no (laughs) just flood the screen and (laughs) so it's just like okay outside high fastball yes or no and then you just hear jojo's soul say yes 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 it's incredible it's incredible yeah uh so that is exactly what jojo throws or it seems to be until the last second when the ball moves and uh uh, atum only gets a a bit of it and grounds out to first Mm -hmm. finally we get something that isn't a strikeout or a home run (laughs) yeah and so that's that's really freaked darby out because never before has someone's soul said one thing and then a different thing happens so, of course, there are accusations of cheating and tampering, and Darby demands a controller check. <laughs> Araki really did invent eSports. It's all here. Yep. If Ka- if Kakuin won, he would have stood up, put on his fursuit, <laughs> and said, I'm gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... We've only we've only so far gotten through, through the character development that makes Kakuin confirmed as to be a milf lover, but he's also a furry. <laughs> and Voidberger's in, just came into the room, and she just she's she's nodding yes, yeah, sagely nodding yes. I, th- I think she's nodding yes, 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 yes. 
because the chanting Jojo Soul does is incredible. Yeah, it's it's, it's really so good. excited to either confirm or deny. Yeah, like Jojo just says again, "I'm gonna pitch another high outside fastball," and yo, know, yes, 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 yes. Like it's it's that's totally what he's gonna throw. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. not lying. His soul is not lying. You know, he throws the pitch again, and it ends up being a different pitch. And this is really pissing Darby off. Dar- Darby's like showing physical signs of of stress and strain. Joseph calls him old. <laughs> Joseph says he looks old. Yeah, he doesn't look like he, you don't look like a man in your twenties anymore. He's having such a bad day, and then a dude born in World War One calls <laughs> him old. <laughs> And, and Darby goes like, okay, you must be cheating, you know, right? And and JoJo's soul just goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> I wish JoJo talked like this all the time. Yeah. I wish this is the only dialogue he had forever. Yeah. We, we get some incredible quotes here from Darby about his commitment to the gamer life spelled with a Y and an <laughs> yeah. X somehow. I don't know where it goes. Yeah. But uh, I am a video game genius. I can't lose. Yes. As he's profusely sweating. And a video game expert is an expert at life. <laughs> yeah. All he needs is like the FBI don't do drugs screen on a, oh, a fucking arcade uh, cabinet. Yeah. And as Darby is kind of having a little meltdown here about this, uh, Jojo just brings in uh, like the, the, the philosophy of his older brother in that it's not cheating if you don't get caught. So, so after a little while of this, like Darby is using his stance ability to try to to try to play twenty questions for his life, effect essentially, and figure out how this is working. You know what what edge has JoJo got to to break his system, and he can't do it. And so, uh, Kakuin snaps out of the doll and into his body, and Darby's like, uh uh-uh, uh, no no no. Uh uh-uh, uh, no take backsies. I didn't give up. I didn't lose. I'm not fucking owned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the only one more pitch is thrown by Jotaro and by Darby. And, you know, Jotaro just gets another home run and that just super fucks him up. And so, yeah, after, after Kakuin's soul is released, we, we see what was actually happening. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. Jotaro was never, was not playing the video game for a long while now. It has been Joseph, the gamer grandpa. Using mm-hmm. Hermit Purple to wrap around the controller and press the buttons. <laughs> so he's, he was just reading the wrong person's mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the hat was integral, but in order to just put up a, a little bit of a, a DM screen so they could roll dice but behind cover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a, a tiny bit of occluded vision in order to, to cover this up. Mm-hmm. And I love I love this ending because it's... Again, another note on how can we do Darby again but better. You you make a meaningful thematic conclusion. It is the victory of a strong family bond mm-hmm. over a dif- dysfunctional family, a family relationship in in petty jealousies and, and rivalries. It's it's good. It's fucking good. It's it's re- it's really good. And also, you know, him being essentially beaten by his brother's philosophy at, at playing exactly. games. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, what, what knocks his soul out of his body isn't so much, like, losing the game and not knowing how he's starting to lose the game. It's just wheeling in how much he fucking hates his brother and yeah. how much his brother hates him. Yeah, it's really good. And also just, like, the, the kind of, like, the joke punchline to the, 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 the final defeat of Darby here is really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Darby is on his knees, like, 
snot running down his nose, like crying, just begging for his life. And he asks Jojo, like, you're not going to spare me, are you? And Jojo just goes, why don't you just read my mind for that answer? (laughs) And, you know, he reads Jojo's mind and it's just, no, 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 no. And he's like, you're going to punch me, aren't you? Yes, 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 yes. Are you going (laughs) to... You know, are you are you going to punch me with your left fist? No, no, no. Your right fist? No, no, no. Both fists? Yes, 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 yes. Are you going to do the aura aura thing? Yes, yes, yes. And then he just punches the shit out of him really hard. He even confirms with Joseph that this is not a bluff. He is going to get his shit wrecked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I love it. I love it so much. I don't know if I've ever pointed this out, actually, but anytime JoJo specifically is about to kick ass... There is a theme that plays for that. That's just like Jotaro's theme. Mm-hmm. A lot of electric guitar and also saxophone in parts. Uh, this is something going on from part three onwards. Uh, every JoJo gets their own unique JoJo is kicking ass theme. Yes. JoJo just beats the shit out of Darby and sends him flying. And he flies so far into the sky that he breaks through it. It's just a wall. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We get yet another of the occasional, like, stamps yeah, with a little bit of narrator talk over him. But this is the end. The end of Darby. And now we feel the, the break that should have been an episode break. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that, that feeling we haven't really felt since Battle Tendency. As we just check in with Dio and yes. his friend Cool Ice. <laughs> cool Ice. Cool Ice. The localized name of Vanilla Ice, of course, recalling the 1991 cinema classic, Cool as Ice. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wish Vanilla Ice here was wearing the jacket Vanilla Ice wore in the movie because it had uh, it has just like a bunch of words emblazoned on it. But they weren't cool words. It was just like it was just like it just said like cool. And yeah, (laughs) if cool is not a cool word, what is a cool word? Uh, I don't know. I guess cool is a cool word. So Vanilla Ice is our second heart-festooned man in a row. We got a lot of uh, uh, heart stuff going on. Mm-hmm. This guy kind of looks like he is from part two. Yes. Because he's yes. pantsless. This is a dude who is buff as hell, wearing no pants. He looks like he's related to the Pillar Men a little bit. Like, mm-hmm, hella mm-hmm. thick legs. This is not the first time we've seen him. It's only the first time we've seen him clearly. Yeah. Back when we met Enya before we met Enya, there was mm-hmm. another guy. It's that guy. It's that He's guy. Back. Yeah. He, he, After a long, long time. Guy who was just crouching really far in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, he is there to tell Dio how, you know, people have infiltrated the mansion. Darby's been defeated. While Dio is reading the largest book I've ever seen. It's huge. It is huge. What is this? We don't see a title. I want to know what's on his summer reading list. It's the entire collected volumes of Berserk. You think he's in the Oprah book club? You think he does that? Mm. Vanilla Ice here is presented as being like the most loyal of all of Dio's servants. Yeah, yeah. So Dio's uh, getting this news. Uh, the, the good hero boys have been here for about 10 minutes and they killed my butler. Cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I want to invite you to gaze upon my body. This thing that I love to do. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whole horse, check out my thumbs. Hey, what? hey, uh, cool ice. I'm going to part my hair and, and uh, just let, let your eyes wash over my rad neck scars. <laughs> So yeah, Dio is talking about like, okay, Darby is working for me and he was a genius, but the reason why he lost is that he wasn't ready to throw away his his life for me. And that's why the Joe Stars and their friends 
continue to succeed so much is because they're all willing to die for their cause. One of them already did. <laughs> and this is why they repeatedly, you know, grab victory from the Jaws of Defeat. I, I mentioned that he names all of them by name, even if it takes him a while to like, yes. remember their names, except Iggy. Iggy is not in the Ride or Die <laughs> Club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's determined, but still not quite that determined. Yeah. And yeah, he's shown off the scar on his neck and, and he's saying, you know, Jonathan Joestar's body is still rejecting me, but I just need the blood of one more person to fully heal. And he specifically wants to drink the blood of a Joestar mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to finally make this body 100% his. This, this detail that it isn't just time, it is active effort by Jonathan does soften the blow of like the bullshit of, of oh, he got Jonathan's body because like Jonathan yeah. isn't technically, at least not in a mystic sense. Jonathan has been continuing this fight for a hundred yeah. fucking years. Hell yeah, Jonathan Joestar, the big boy. <laughs> I, I like this. This is rad. This is good. Yeah. Dio is asking uh, Vanilla Ice, you know, hey are you, you know, willing to die for me? Because that will tell me that, you know, you can actually defeat the, the Joe stars in their party. And so Vanilla Ice, who is already knelt by a big old vase, just goes like, oh yeah, totally. And he brings out his stand, which kind of looks like Skeletor, sort of. He karate chops his own goddamn head off. <laughs> yeah, he chops his head off. And in a show that lets me say that sentence twice? <laughs> Yeah. You think Dio's getting nostalgic watching Vanilla Ice do this? Oh, man. Yeah, Dio's got a thing like, oh, man, I remember when I did that. Good times. Oh, the impetuous days of youth when I karate chopped my own goddamn head off. (laughs) Vanilla Ice chopped his own head off and and made sure that so that when he dies, he's already holding onto this big jug so that his his blood will pour into it so that Dio can drink it and become, become whole. But Dio goes like, okay, wow, damn, you, you really do mean it, that you're, you're willing to die for me. Well, I can't have you doing that. The quote is, you beheaded yourself. Most splendid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I love Dio. Dio's so good. <laughs> yeah. And, and so he decides that, okay, Vanilla Ice, you're such a loyal servant. I can't accept this blood. Yeah. So instead, I'm going to heal you instead. See, he's not all bad. He's yeah. a blood donor. He cuts yeah. open his wrist and pours blood into Vanilla Ice, resurrecting him. Yep. His head just reattaches to his body, and he's all good. It almost feels like Vanilla Ice has died and been revived by Dio once before, because the way he just gets up and goes like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, Dio just says, okay, go kill everybody for me, please. And, and Vanilla Ice is ready to to throw down like Stardust Crusaders has a lot of wild shit in it, but yes. I feel like Stardust Crusaders doesn't have go to the same level to make you just go like, what the fuck? The way part two did. <laughs> but the way his stand does shit here, the yes. first time I watched it made me go, what the fuck? This stand is metal as fuck. I love it. <laughs> it's cool as shit. I understand nothing. I don't understand a goddamn thing about how this stand works. <laughs> oh, man. This stand is like heavy metal magazine and a little bit of Looney Tunes put together. Yeah. Like... This is the Vor stand. <laughs> the inside of its mouth is very strangely well detailed. But yeah, Vanilla Ice just pops out his stand. The stand does a cool like loop-de-loo animation and then immediately gets real big and opens its very detailed mouth and just gulps down Vanilla Ice. 
swallows mm-hmm. him whole. Then just he's he's a little Ouroboros. Ar- 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 he just yeah, uh, a ton of spit and drool starts shooting out of his mouth. Then he just grabs his legs and chomps down on himself and just eats himself inside out and disappears. And then a big <laughs> hole appears in the Dio's door. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> And all of this happens so fast. It's, it's hard to process. And Dio just goes like, oh, don't worry about the hole in the door. Your stand can vanish from this dimension. <laughs> <laughs> so now we finally check in with the other half of the group. Like, mm-hmm. un- unlike most party splits, during the Darby fight, we never really got cutaways back to the doorway. So now, now we're finally rejoining them. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about some stuff from when we left that I, I didn't mention. Specifically, when Polnareff reached out toward the disappearing hole that yeah. uh, the, the JoJo boys fell into, mm-hmm. the the perspective on his hand feels so... It's huge, <laughs> but his arm and shoulder are not. It feels like he is holding a three-foot-tall hand prop. <laughs> yeah. It is very... It's one of those quick... Sh- quick shots where he goes way off model it is very much the big key from torque yeah Absolutely. that's what i was thinking of yeah the big key from torque i love it oh no that's about it <laughs> so yeah it's they're they're still waiting outside the mansion about 10 minutes has passed and before they do anything avdol is bringing up to polnareff and iggy like hey shit's getting real serious if either of you get mortally wounded on the way to fighting dio i am not going to save you this goal is too important that's not the first thing he says. The first thing he says is, it's been two minutes. We have our instructions, but I'm not going to follow them. We <laughs> right. need to rescue them. They're too important to leave behind. Right, right. On the other hand, you are not. <laughs> I, yes, I do not yeah. extend that same kindness to you or the dog, and you better not fucking extend it to me. <laughs> yep. We, yeah, he, he's just saying we cannot let ourselves get killed trying to save each other. You know, only the Joe Star is import, or important here in, in killing Dio. Polnareff, you know, hearing this, walks over to Abdul and goes like, I fucking get it, bro. And they do like a big old like bro handshake mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And, and says like, if we all get here out of, you know, out of here alive, you know, Abdul, you got to treat all of us to dinner. And, and that seems like a fair deal to him. And I love, I love that we are like really paying off the Abdul Polnareff relationship, yeah. you know, OTP. Hell yes. Their first fight really felt like heavy-duty flirting, but now we're into, like, the big manly feelings <laughs> yeah. of camaraderie yeah. and blah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so they do enter and, and not, you know, commit uh, arson. And Silver Chariot pops out and starts tapping stones on the ground. He's, like, treating this like a, a Gygax bullshit dungeon, and he <laughs> is the 10-foot pole. Yeah. <laughs> While Polnareff is, like, dancing from, like, the left wall to the right wall, the left wall, the right yeah. wall, finding cover and going, like, step at a time. Because this is just an, an absurdly long, straight hallway. They eventually reach a point where it branches off into a, a bigger chamber. And it's clearly just, like, some big-ass evil stand-based illusion because it's just, a, like, a huge labyrinth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, they're they're all thinking like this is like some big bullshit dungeon with tons of traps. This is gonna be super dangerous. And so instead of just walking in blindly, Avdol pulls out a brand new power. Uh-huh. 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 He has magic compass fire. Yeah, he has just a big floating uh set of flames that go out in six directions. It detects 
basically everything it within a 15 a meter radius. It detects any sort of life signs, including a cutaneous respiration, which is a yes. thing I did not know. Exi- that that means breathing through your skin. Yeah. So he could find certain like bugs and fish. And did you know that up to 12% of the carbon dioxide exhaled, so to speak, from a bat's body is instead filtered out through their wing skin? Whoa. Yeah. That's neat. That's cutaneous respiration right there. Huh. All right. But yeah, also stand energies, anything that could possibly be used to, to get them, it'll know <laughs> where it is. And yeah. so it searches like the four cardinal directions and also up and down. That, that's why it's six lobed. And, and so this thing is floating a little bit forward. They're, they're very slowly going down some stairs and two of the flames like to the left and forward, both uh, start sparking and pointing in a certain direction. This is a pretty useful power you got, Avdol. This could have come in real handy. This is a cool-ass power. I just wish it was a thing that was established so it could have been used earlier, because it's 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 kind of cool. He was dead during the sun fight. That one's not his fault. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's a hella useful sound and power. Yeah, No one's there where it's pointing, but there's a bunch of just stone pillars there. And Iggy is... is He's able to sniff something out, and so he just calls out the fool, slashes at a random pillar, and then a little man shoots out of the pillar. (laughs) A little man with a big bloody gash across his torso. A little man who kind of sort of looks like he's wearing the Saiyan training armor with the big shoulder pauldrons. And the narrator announces, his name, Billy Jean. His fate, (laughs) instant defeat. (laughs) Yeah. Billy Jean is a localized name for Kenny G. I don't... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the and the illusion, the labyrinth, immediately dissipates. They very quickly handled this guy just hiding mm-hmm, in a stone mm-hmm. pillar. This is how the sun would have gone if Polnareff would have, if Avdol weren't dead. Yeah, yeah, they just would have gotten him immediately. They would have killed him at the car dealership. That, that's, yeah. that's it. It's over. You know, that happens. Phew, thank God. The flames aren't detecting anything anymore. We are safe. Abdul's saying this while he's kind of like leaning with one hand on a stone pillar. He looks over to the pillar and right by his hand is a whole bunch of writing etched into it, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. says, and the music gets real fucking serious real quick here. And it just says, he who reads this carving and turns a back shall dot, dot, dot. Because his hand is covering up the final words. Yeah. He moves his thumb out of the way and it just says, die. <laughs> And so Avdol, seeing this, fearing what it might mean, overcome with, with like, this is clearly a trap, but he must see the nature of the trap. Yeah. Uh, he does go against the warning and turn behind him. And what does he see? But this freak show stand that ate its own feet. Yeah, it's it's still mostly inside out, but it pulls one of its arms out of its mouth. Avdol is freaking the fuck out like what the fuck is this thing how could iggy not smell it how could my stand powers not detect it and so he shouts he shouts for his companions to to run and he lunges at polnareff and shoves him out of the way he breaks his own rules he breaks breaks his his own rules because his bond of powerful manly feelings is too strong yep he he punches both both Polnareff and uh, Iggy out of the way. He sends them flying. Avdol turns back around as this fucking freak show stand approaches him. And you get a close-up of Avdol's terrified face. And then the next shot is Avdol's gone except for his forearms, which are just in floating midair. Yeah, yeah. Cut off just above the, the elbow, both of them, and as they clutter to the ground. 
Smoking, um, smoking, <laughs> sizzling where they've been cut off. Maybe this guy should just eat Dio and take over. Like, he seems <laughs> like final boss material. Hell yes. Yeah. This is fucked up. Yeah. He's scary as shit. I don't like yeah, this, this guy. This is a scary ass stand. And One so, more reason not to like Vanilla Ice. Yeah. You know who I think sings Vanilla Ice's songs better? Rob Van Winkle. Nobody gives oh, that man. guy any credit. <laughs> And so Polnareff is freaking out. Iggy's freaking out. They're both like, you know, breathing heavily, sweating, shouting for Avdol. You know, Avdol, like, yo, where did he go? Where are you? Why couldn't we detect this fucking guy? You know, they, they just keep shouting for Avdol as Vanilla Ice, his stand, uh, slowly starts to unfold itself from its mouth uh, and just says like, yo, Avdol's dead. I've disintegrated him. I sent him to another dimension where nothing can return from. Uh, and then he just crams. I mean, you Avdol's... want to talk about DBZ parallels. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he just crams Avdol's arms down his stand's mouth and they just like bzoip, just disappear. Vanilla Ice, you can see that he's just hiding within his stand and just his face is poking out from, from within uh, his stand's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Polnareff freaking the fuck out, and he just shouts, you know, Avdol can't be dead. You know, you are lying to me, and that's the cliffhanger. That's it. That's Gets fucking serious. And that that's why Vanilla Ice gets top billing in what could have been called <laughs> Darby the Younger Part 3. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what the fuck, man? What, what the, the fuck, right? <laughs> and that's why, like, when I was bringing up, like, okay, there is a two-parter. We usually only do two but maybe we need to do three. But either way, we're getting a big fucking cliffhanger. I mean, this is a much cooler cliffhanger than, what do you mean you can play baseball? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's a baseball? Oh. He took his hat off the end. Or (laughs) Avdol's fucking dead again. Again. Yeah. What the fuck's happening? Yeah, this... I think this death is permanent because we are too late in the game for take backsies. And we are trying right. to, like, put over the, the danger and the dread. But it does feel kind of like, eh, I saw him die before. It doesn't right. land as hard as it should for that reason. Right, yeah. And also that it's just so sudden. Yeah, right? That's part of what makes it cool, but that's part of what makes it a little flat. Because, like, the buildup to the death is all in, honestly, before they cross the threshold and enter the mansion. Mm-hmm. That's where the real buildup for the death is. And then you have this sort of mood interrupting, oh, this guy's named Billy Jean and he's dead. The end. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It almost kind of feels like they're supposed to like have that easy stand fight win to be like a false sense of security or something. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I both like what happens here. But also, yeah, because Avdol has died once before, it's just like, hmm, well, I don't entirely buy it. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. It both works and doesn't work. It's weird. The degree to which it it works or doesn't work could easily change if they had split the episode. If if this was the midpoint and then whatever we're going to talk about next week happens a little while and and like it's it's more of a cohesive unit. Mm -hmm. Because as it is now, Avdol's death is a stakes raising thing turn on next week instead of an event unto itself that that deserves respect and, and consideration. Yeah, I feel like these three episodes are super duper good. Really yes. solid. 
Yes. Uh, I do like the the introduction of Vanilla Ice a lot. His stand is cool as shit and feels like even before they really explain what exactly it does in the the actual fight uh, next time, they establish very quickly that his stand seems really fucking threatening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, he's great. Both from the fact that his stand is just a fucking freak and also, wow, that's he seems absurdly overpowered. There's something so very JoJo's Bizarre Adventure about the way the Darby the Younger fight feels so much like self-parody at times, (laughs) but then just blast through it by just really committing like, no, this is the real shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For as much as I like the first Darby one, I think I prefer the second one just because it builds off it in a really fun way. And also just all the video game shit is really funny to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just F-Zero and a baseball game. (laughs) But with incredibly forward thinking capabilities of what a baseball game could be in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so this is something that happens a couple times in later parts of jojo there's some times in later parts where they basically straight up name drop or show some type of actual real world like intellectual property in it mm-hmm. and those parts are definitely going to have to be changed to something fake for when they get adapted to the anime uh <laughs> but for this one no like in the manga it's straight up just oh that's a baseball and f mega it wasn't like oh this was f zero we had to ch- tweak it a little bit like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these were just fake video games for the get-go the, the time Jotaro brings up in a previous episode that he watches Columbo, did they have to run that by anybody? Is it okay I just bring wonder. name drop Columbo? I hope they ask NBC Universal because that's <laughs> that's a good like uh, uh, story, but I feel like they didn't because they felt like they didn't have to. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure you can just mention a thing and yeah. get away with it. That's fine, right? That's that. Yeah, oh if you just imagine the world if that isn't fine. Right? Some corporations or families or whatever that, you know, definitely own the rights to things where they're really fucking picky about even, like, naming shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because they're just so highly controlling. I can't imagine Columbo is one of those things. (laughs) It certainly paints Columbo in a positive light. Yeah, yeah. And as a media property. It's not like, I met Columbo. (laughs) That that you probably would have to ask. Yeah. When I I first read and, and watched Stardust Crusaders and it's just like... Shotaro brings up watching Columbo. It's just like, oh, huh, that's weird. And I never looked deeper into it. And it wasn't until like the like Columbo resurgence I've been seeing on Twitter for the last month or two uh, mm-hmm. that I realized that like, oh, wait, Columbo was really popular in Japan, too. Yeah, yeah. Like Columbo is in Detective Conan, I think. Detective Conan or Lupin the Third, I think. Or both. Or like, both? Probably yeah. both. There's enough of both of those things for Columbo to be in both of them. Yeah, there is like a new party member added to one of the Final Fantasy gotcha games that's just Columbo with the name filed off. Like, yeah, it's it's always fun to learn which random Western uh, pop culture things got popular in Japan. But on the other hand, I know there's like an out of context panel that I've seen from part six, I think, with yes. Great Mazinger and Tetsujin 28. And like, <laughs> I yes. don't think that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, there ooh. is from the very little I know about part six. There is a big thing that I don't know how they're going to get around it in the anime. I guess they're just going to have to make up a fake ass like bootleg version of actual real Mickey Mouse. <laughs> this isn't like Mickey Mouse is in the background. This is like Mickey Mouse is in the fucking forefront of a part of the, of the you story. You can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> like, you're going to get in hella trouble 
Because, like, there was some interview for when uh, when they showed up the Part 6 trailer with, like, their press event. They had, uh, like, the director of the anime on answering some questions. They were talking about, you know, oh, how are you going to, you know, adapt the stands for this part? And he vaguely said, well, there's a couple stands that we literally cannot conceptually visualize with animation. And I think it might be the Mickey Mouse one he's talking about. <laughs> I mean, there's enough fake Mickey Mouses for that yeah. reason in media that I wonder if you couldn't talk to one of those people oh, if you man, wanted to yeah. really get, like, deep cuts on everybody. Yeah. Would Disney care nearly as much if he used Oswald or whatever instead? Yes, they absolutely would. Yeah, they would? Okay. They have been flogging Oswald ever since, like, they decided there was a market for it. Okay. And since they could because of the whole right situation <laughs> that he represents. But Yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah, it's from here on out, the, uh, everything that happens with Star Wars Crusaders here is great. It just gets, it gets really high stakes. It gets really intense. Uh, yeah, one of them died. Yeah, one of them fucking died, man. Fucking taken out in one hit, like. <laughs> Got sent to another dimension. It's a pretty big hit. Yeah. Maybe that's also why I'm not like mourning Avdol. Like, you can come back from a dimension. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm sorry about your arms, but you know, who says it's a one-way street? Look, Joseph's already got a robot hand. I'm sure by this point, the Speedwagon Foundation could give you a whole robot body if you needed it. <laughs> like, Goku did it several times. Goku it does it all done. the time. The, the Goku coming back from heaven is basically just his work commute now. <laughs> <laughs> like, And he's always right on time. <laughs> yep. Right when you need him. We'll be back again next week with another three episodes. We're going to mm. finish off the the uh, uh, Vanilla Ice titled episodes and get into one that has Dio's name in the title. Ooh. What does that mean for what's in it? I, I don't know. I don't have a reasonable guess anymore after this past <laughs> episode going back to Battle Tendency style uh, uh, splits. It's just going to get crazy real quick. I'm excited. <laughs> Please help us build up to our, our big fiery finale, our, our mm -hmm. the, the punch ghost uh, conclusion of, <laughs> of uh, Stardust Crusaders. Uh, share this around with your friends or your enemies who think deserve a little entertainment in their lives. <laughs> uh, uh, Five-star ratings on iTunes go, go a long way toward uh, uh, both making the show more discoverable and winning love for my father. Two very important things. <laughs> And yeah, by this point, by definitely by the point this episode's up, I, I will finally fucking get off my ass and get this up on uh, Spotify or whatever, too. So uh, we'll be there as well as the usual stuff. And yeah, just, just fucking share it with people. I, I have gotten at least one new person to, well, not I, my girlfriend did, uh, a person who doesn't even watch anime is watching JoJo now and they're enjoying it. So like, pitch it to anybody. If you, uh -huh, if you just find uh -huh. the right words, you can get anybody to watch JoJo. You just got to find the right out of context thing. All of the words are in JoJo. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's got them all. It's got void. It's got chicken. It's got <laughs> all the words. There's a lot of poop. There's a lot of... If you got any poop <laughs> fans in your life, you know where to send them. Got a baby in your life. Just show them the evil baby. They'll be all about that, I bet. I see myself in this character with vampire fangs. I aspire to be like this evil baby. Now that's a closing line. To be continued. See you later, everybody.